You're listening to the Crypto Markets Wiki podcast, brought to you by John Lothian News. BlockFi is a New York City-based startup cryptocurrency financial institution. David Olson is the global head of distribution at BlockFi. Previously, he worked in the financial markets for two decades, managing teams at companies like Merrill Lynch and Credit Suisse. And now he's here to talk to us about BlockFi. David, welcome to the podcast. Thanks a lot, Matt. It's, it's great to be on. Great to have you. So how has BlockFi been adapting to the pandemic? That's a great question, and and one uh, that actually I, I, I get sometimes, and I really like answering because I think it shows how flexible an organization that that we are. Just in terms of numbers, we when I joined in in May, shortly into of last year, shortly into the pandemic, we were a little over hundred people. We're now five hundred people, so we managed to quintuple the organization inside a global pandemic, with everyone working remotely. And how did we do that? We became very good at obviously at, at, at using sort of tools like Zoom and, and Google Meets and having sort of relevant meetings throughout the day without overstacking people's calendars so that they could still, you know, get their day jobs done and, and do the things they need to do. I think it's a balance between you can't just turn around to someone, ask them a question, work together or something, or hop on a phone call together. So I think, you know, we we combine sort of like ad hoc check-ins, I think of one, you know, peer-to-peer or someone that works for me, I'll do ad hoc check-ins as well as kind of like formalized like one-to-one meetings. And now we have, you know, a really globally distributed workforce with people all over the US, London and, and, and Asia as well. I think it shows that it can be done. And, you know, we were, you know, relatively small company, but have managed to traverse the pandemic pretty well. Have there been any unexpected benefits to the work from home model? I think, yes. So the main one is that now the distance between someone in London or Singapore and someone in New York is the same as the distance from one person sitting in New York to another person sitting in New York. It's just a Zoom call. So from that perspective, it really, it kind of gets rid of like the clubby feeling or the clicks because everybody's the same distance. It's just time zone when people are awake. And so from that perspective, it's a really level, it's a level playing field. And so people that are more far flung feel more included. Obviously, BlockFi has not slowed down even amid the pandemic. In January, BlockFi's founders, Zach Prince and Flory Marquez, published a letter in which they, among, among many things, talked about BlockFi's commitment to financial inclusivity. So I wanted to ask you, what are some of the ways that BlockFi is working towards that goal? Sure. So here's, here's, what, here's what we're doing is... We're creating a, a global neo bank, I guess I would say, although technically we're not a bank, but let's say a fintech platform and working backwards from cryptocurrencies into people's everyday lives and, and, and handling of money. And the reason why we can be more efficient is that blockchain rails run 24-7 and crypto is 24-7. And it's, it, and it's democratic in the sense that someone in Argentina, where Flori is from originally, can get access to stable coins, which are, as you know, securitized dollars put on the blockchain as easily as they can get access to Bitcoin. So the next sort of phase of our growth on the retail side will be international expansion into areas like South America, into, into places like Africa, where everybody just banks on mobile phones and giving them access 
not only to crypto, but also to, to, to things like stable coins so that they can protect their own earnings and savings from inflation or from, you know, from sort of like government intervention uh, or control. So I think j- just in summary, that was a part of the vision that attracted me to the company. And I think is, it's really, is, is really important to, to the founders and to, and to all of us. BlockFi went zero commission on its trading platform in 2019. What have been some of the biggest lessons learned from zero commission trading since then? I, I think it, it's, it's, a, it's really more on the risk management side and making sure that because basically we, when we offer, we offer a price to a client, they have 60 seconds to decide whether they want to take that price. In theory, you can have people that you know, literally have the BlockFi screen up and then they have another, <laughs> they can have Binance up at the same time and, and look and try and do you know, an arbitrage trade between the, between the two because we're, we might have a stale price. So it's just about risk management and making sure that, you know, that we're handling the risk appropriately in terms of the trading of our clients. I think you know, we try and be as transparent as possible with people. That's one of our core values is transparency builds trust. And, and, and make sure that the clients know, know what they're getting. And we have, you know, our transaction, you know, costs are lower than Coinbase or some of the other competitors of ours in the market. It's interesting that you were talking about multiple screens and uh, people kind of using BlockFi as part of a multifaceted approach to trading. Because I know that BlockFi caters its services to people of any skill level when it comes to trading. And that includes institutional players as well. For example, in February, your company hired Lei Lei as director of institutional sales. And Mrs. Lei formerly worked institutional sales for traditional financial markets like Deutsche Bank and Nomura. That same month, BlockFi also announced the launch of an OTC trade desk aimed at institutional and ultra high net worth clients. And uh, I know you do a lot of business with institutional clients, like you were named a liquidity provider for the CME for Bitcoin options and futures. Uh, you do business with Fidelity. So... Anyway, basically what I'm getting at is what are BlockFi's current long-term goals when it comes to doing business with institutional organizations, hedge funds, and other, other businesses like that? Sure. Here's, here's what we're seeing is that the road of adoption, or I guess the path of adop- adoption for institutions into, into crypto has really accelerated since 2017. In 2017, there was really no sort of infrastructure to support institutional investment in crypto. Fast forward to 2021, and there's lots of different providers that have come into the market that are credible and trustworthy and have people that have been at you know, very credible places but before they, they got into, into crypto. So recently, for example, in the news, you saw that PayPal bought Curve. Curve is a network of sorts, sort of a, a quasi-custodial network that allows movement of crypto from one exchange to another or one place to another and reduces in a really secure way the, uh, the potential for those funds to get lost or hacked like you would have, have had back in the day. And so the fact that PayPal is actually is buying a company like that, I think is a huge statement and, and says a lot about how far the crypto ecosystem has come. So, and then you've got obviously Coinbase filing for their IPO and that's been rumored to with the valuation will put it above, for example, the market cap of Goldman Sachs. <laughs> so, that all those things say that institutions can take you know players in the crypto ecosystem very seriously. You also have, there's also Fidelity in custody, which is obviously a household name. We have a partnership with Fidelity to be able to provide loans to institutions that hold their Bitcoin at Fidelity. 
So just naming a few of the, uh, of the, of the things that have evolved over, over the last couple of years. And we've seen, obviously, the price, the price appreciation in Bitcoin has attracted a lot of investors from asset managers, family offices, which are more kind of long only and directional hedge funds, which are looking to maybe do some more arbitrage type of, of trading and futures and options, you name it. And obviously corporates as well with MicroStrategy. And, and others following in their, in, in their footsteps. So for example, so Lele was, was hired with her background. She is actually director of real money accounts and she's focused on insurance companies, endowments, pension funds, and family offices. And we hired her, it was a bit early because there were only a few corporates that had invested and we haven't, and, and Mass Mutual, one insurance company, but we know that the trend, we have confidence in the trend that it's gonna continue. So we want to get, and the space has moved so fast that you need to act way, way before you think something's going to happen or it's actually, it's gone. So, so she's, uh, you know, she's there to meet the needs of those clients. What is it like uh, doing business with institutional players? So at BlockFi, we have people that are very accustomed to dealing with institutions and they're the type of people that the institutions would have dealt with in or would would deal with in their in their normal sort of banking activities or investment banking activities or trading activities these so these individuals that we've hired have a background that makes it very easy for those institutions to do business with us and bridge the gap between crypto and the, and the world of traditional finance and i think the main thing is we you know again it's 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 a lot like the you know what we the approach we take with our retail customers where we very transparent we partner with them and make sure that they know, you know, they know our position and we kind of help them meet their goals. And a lot of, a lot of the discussions we have are, I, I'm interested in buying my first Bitcoin. How do I do that? And we have to hold people's hands through that, even if it's a large institution. We do teach-ins and we know that it's a 12 to 18 month sales cycle in some cases, but we know that the payoff is, you know, is very large at the end if these institutions come into the space. It sounds like there's a lot of trust knowing that there are people at your company who have worked in those institutions and with those institutions before. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the main reason why, why they do business with BlockFi's trust is they, they trust the people that are here. Well, I want to dive a little more into BlockFi's recent investment in, let's say, more institutional players, specifically the Grayscale Bitcoin Investment Trust. In October of last year, BlockFi bought over 24 million shares, which makes up about 5% of stake in that trust. Was this related to your company's recent launch of its own Bitcoin trust, or was BlockFi mainly trying to capitalize on the Bitcoin boom that was going on at that point? Yeah, that's a great question. The purchase of those uh, GBTC shares was actually more of a treasury activity for us, given that their shares were trading at a premium. And we have a large exposure, as you know, to Bitcoin through our, through our clients who, who place Bitcoin with us. But our exposure to the actual trust itself is a small percentage of our overall balance sheet, even though it may seem to be large our balance sheet now is over 15 billion. So from our, our perspective, it's a, you know, it's a manageable position. Um, I think then we, we thought actually we ourselves can probably build a better mousetrap than what's out in the market. So again, we partnered with Fidelity as the custodian for our new fund. And they are probably the, the most credit worthy custodian in the crypto space uh, and are not accessible by individuals. 
So you can't, if you're an individual off the street, you can't just open a Fidelity custody account like you can with some others. So it meant, it means that for institutions wanting a really credit worthy kind of wrapper for their Bitcoin investment, as well as a credible counterparty that can take care of all of the, you know, kind of ins and outs of holding Bitcoin, our fund makes a lot of sense. Speaking of BlockFi's new Bitcoin fund, what was the process of applying for that for a Bitcoin trust with the SEC? Do they seem skeptical or hesitant at all to prove that kind of a product from a digital asset company? No. So the the, the, the process for, for filing to incorporate a trust like that is very straightforward. And that's why there's been a number actually this year of, of trusts that have that have made similar filings. It's a very unique structure that's allowed. And then, and I guess the, the nuance there is that the lockup for the trust is one year so that if s- someone subscribes to the trust, they can't sell their shares for one year. You need to do a further filing with the SEC to reduce the lockup to six months. And that's usually where the SEC actually takes a closer look. So, but for the initial filing, it's 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 very easy to create and 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 then to uh, to go through a private placement process with the shares. So, BlockFi has been in the process of, and you've partnered with Visa to do this, in the process of launching a credit card that pays out Bitcoin as rewards instead of like air, airline miles. Bitcoin credit and debit cards are becoming a thing. Obviously, Binance has their own similar product. But your company announced a partnership with Visa in December to create a credit card that rewards cardholders with Bitcoin, among other things. And so I was wondering in the simplest terms, if you would be able to explain how BlockFi's credit card will work to somebody who might not have the strongest understanding of crypto. Absolutely. Let me let me walk you through it quickly. The crypto the crypto card space or ecosystem looks like there's two real distinct products. One is a debit card, where we, and there's there's several companies that offer debit cards, where someone they can go into a merchant, they swipe their card, and then in the background there's a transaction where the the crypto the crypto provider or crypto wallet sells an amount of Bitcoin or or other crypto for fiat and then pays the merchant basically with with fiat. And for example, that's how PayPal works. It's somewhat problematic from from a tax perspective because in the US, I think in the in the UK as well, you basically can crystallize a, a gain or loss based on uh, when you when you basically do that transaction. So you could add oh, tax on top of whatever you just bought, you could owe, you know, short-term capital gains or long-term capital gains on it. So we didn't think that was actually it's the it's the best it's the best product in the market for our clients. Our clients at BlockFi are hodlers of crypto and we thought actually a simpler product is probably better in this case. So our product is a Bitcoin rewards credit card and that means that it works like any other credit card, just like an Air Miles credit card. You swipe something, it gets charged in fiat. You get a bill in the mail, you have to pay in fiat, or you can sell your own crypto if you want, but you don't have to. But then you get rewards, cash back rewards in the, in the form of Bitcoin. So the, and, the, and that's a one and a half, one and a half percent cash back reward. And then for, for new joiners, there's some other rewards that are on top of that. What's required though, is that the cardholders need to open up a BlockFi account so that they have a place for those bitcoin to land when when we when we pay them out and it's we think it's a great it's a great way to get exposure to sweat your fiat expenses and then get an appreciating asset off the back of it 
Well, speaking of signing up for one of these, I have maybe the most important question I've asked so far, which is, will I be able to buy pumpkin spice lattes with this Bitcoin credit card? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And get rewards. Lots of rewards. Yeah. Awesome. How does this launch? This is a very interesting product, obviously. Uh, how does it tie into block ter- BlockFi's long-term goals? Along with what I was saying earlier about democratizing finance and basically working our way from the world of crypto and, and extending it into people's everyday lives and being you know, a financial services platform or fintech of choice for them. And as my, you know, my conviction into coming to this space was that I see eventually everything will run on the blockchain. So BlockFi is the, is the, you know, the digital bank of the future. And so I think having, you know, having those kinds of services like, like a credit card is, 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 is vital so that people can start to adapt in their everyday lives to, to using things like that and getting used to crypto. And we'll have, you know, there'll be definitely more products that will come out with later in the year that look very similar to, to things that, that their, their household credit union or bank or whatever will, would offer. Is this kind of product going to be available for U.S. users only or U.S. and European, or how is that going to work? Is it going to play into the Asian markets at all? Right now, it's only available in the U.S., and our plans are to expand overseas. So the waiting list that people have signed up with, and I think we have a couple hundred thousand people on the waiting list so far, gives us visibility into the next countries. So basically, we're going to rank all the after the US will rank all the countries by people number of people on the waiting list and where they're from and then we'll go into those markets one by one so it's if you're overseas don't worry we're going the bitcoin rewards credit card will definitely come your way at some point has blockfi had any other developments as far as expanding overseas so obviously i i'm i'm sitting in london and i have a colleague in asia who also looks after clients on on the institutional side We've hired recently a few people as well on the on the retail side and marketing side overseas. I think probably the latter half of 2021, you'll see us do more of a push overseas. And I think especially in places, places like Europe are starving for yield with negative interest rates in Europe. So the BlockFi, the BlockFi interest account, which is one of our core products, is going to be extremely well received, I predict. And then also in Asia, BlockFi has a really has a really strong reputation on the back of a couple of investors that we have, and just through word of mouth. And the fact that in Asia, the adoption of technology is so much faster than it is in the U.S. and in Europe, and everybody already operates on their mobile and uses WeChat and WePay and all these things to you know to 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 basically operate in a cashless society. So I think, you know, we're really going to do a big push in the places that we can from a regulatory perspective. What are you looking forward to most in 2021? In 2021, I'm really looking. So obviously the Bitcoin rewards credit card launch is going to be huge. Really can't, can't wait to see who's using it and the tweets that come out. I think you're going to find some really interesting people are using our card. Um, and also, I think that you're going to see some really interesting investors come into Bitcoin and crypto. I think we'll see a sovereign wealth fund go into crypto, you know, perhaps some other insurance companies and pensions. I, I think we're going to be shocked. And, and maybe a big corporate like an Apple or Facebook or something like that will invest. So I'm looking forward to, to, to that, you know, that happening as well. 
Well, David, I've had a great time talking to you here today. So thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk about BlockFi with me. Yeah, and lightning. For more news, videos, and podcasts like this, head over to johnlothiannews.com. Thank you.